Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you, and welcome to The Brian Buffini Show. Very excited to present today's content to you called The Rest Run Cycle. This is content that is currently changing my life. It's currently changing how our company functions. And it's actually in the process of changing how an entire industry works in the business of real estate, where we're coaching and training so many thousands of people. But whether you're in real estate or not, this particular content is, I believe, transformational in nature. And if you take it to heart, it can change how you work, it can change how you live, and make both better. You know, our modern world puts great demands on us. Uh, We have long work days, busy lives, 24-hour news cycles, all the social media, all the demands that are on us, and we can feel like we're on a conveyor belt. It's important, however, to jump off that conveyor belt once in a while and take stock of what's going on. And that's what this podcast is designed to do. So we're going to talk today about this process called a rest-run cycle. I'm going to show you how you can rest so you can run. I'm going to talk to you about how you can mush your way to success. You'll hear more about that in a minute. And then we're going to talk about becoming a corporate athlete. So the restaurant cycle. You know, I take great pride in the fact that coming here as an immigrant, being able to participate in the American dream and a culture that received me. So when I came here, it didn't matter who my father was or who my mother was or what side of the tracks I was born on or where I lived. When I first started working in real estate, for example, in San Diego, if I was good, people used me. And if I wasn't, they didn't. And I was able to go build a business. And then I turned that business into ultimately building a fortune by making some very good investments in the very product I sold, which was real estate. And after doing that for quite some time, then I started a training company, a coaching and training company and buffeting company that over the past 21 years has trained now over 3 million people in 37 countries. One out of every seven homes in Canada, one out of every eight homes in the U.S. is sold through our clients. And it's become a very, very successful business in its own right, which ultimately set me up to this next phase of my career where I'm now going beyond the real estate business and coming to you live with podcasts. I've got a book coming out next year called The Emigrant Edge, which is teaching why so many immigrants make it big in America. And it's allowed me to broaden my influence and take content that's really helped one niche of a market and expand it into uh, many, many areas. And this process here today, I'm going to cover the restaurant cycle, I think is a gift I want to give back to people. You know, I do events at least every month. I'm doing an event in a convention center somewhere, several thousand people at the event, and then we broadcast to up to a 1,000 locations from that event in a broadcast capacity. And when you bring a couple thousand people to a hotel, they typically give you a nice room. So what happens is I'll get a nice room. It's usually a a suite up on a penthouse floor-type deal. I'll have meetings there and so on and so forth and content development teams and things like that. And typically there's a balcony. Well, what I'll do is I'll get up early in the morning, I do a little workout in my hotel room. If I go down to the hotel, I'll be meeting people all day and all night and I'll never get to the seminar. But one thing that always strikes me is I'll get up at five in the morning, I'll be out on a balcony doing some stretching and working out, 
And everywhere I am, anywhere in North America, the one thing I always see is taillights. Five o'clock in the morning, it's dark, it's chilly, and you'll see a sea of taillights. Because Americans and their Canadian counterparts are on the road early, heading off to work. And there's a reason why America and Canada tend to lead the world in terms of productivity every year. It's because their people are very productive and they're hard-working people. And coming to America as an immigrant with nothing to go for me, if you will, and building my fortune here, I fit right in. And I fit right into that dynamic. I like the idea of working hard. I like the idea of changing your status in life. I like the idea that you can be economically in one place, but through hard work, get to another. And that's happened for me. And I'm very thankful that I have a company that's helped that happen for many thousands of people. But with that hard work becomes this conveyor belt concept I was talking about. And we work hard, we work hard, we get on the conveyor belt. The next thing you know, you're not just on a conveyor belt anymore. You're in the wheel. You're in the rat race. So I started thinking about this some years ago. Was there a way that you could be super productive and yet not be burning yourself out? And initially, I bumped into a fellow by the name of Tony Schwartz. We became good friends. Tony wrote a book called The Power of Full Engagement, which became a, a runaway bestseller, which is where he and his partner, Jim Lair, had studied athletes and high achievers and then into the corporate world of people who understood that when they rested and put rest into part of their daily routine, weekly routine, monthly and yearly planning, that ultimately they performed at a higher level because they were managing their energy, not just their time. Tony and I went on to do a, a series of CDs together, recordings called Lighting the Fire Within. And that really started for me a process of really discovering how to really master this. And I'll be honest with you, I'm the guy that needs this the most. And so I've been searching for this, not so much that I can share it with all of you. I've been searching for this for myself. And I really feel like we've come up with some concepts and pieces here that exist in other places and then package them together that I think will really help you. Here's what I want to share with you. I believe you can achieve more and do it in less time. I believe you can increase your performance by increasing your rest. I believe you can make more by working less. That sounds like such an infomercial, but thank God you're listening to me for free today. This isn't three payments in 1995 or anything like that. You get to hear this for free today, so I have no other agenda but to bless you today as this concept and this content is blessing my life. So first I want to share with you that you rest so you can run. It's funny, our great producer David Lally, as he was putting this program together, when he delivered the outline to me, it said, run so you can rest. And it's such a foreign concept to us all. We had a good laugh in our conference room here today because the fact of the matter is, it's very counterintuitive to say rest so that you can run. Rest first so you can go. Go harder, faster, further. You know, all those red taillights at 5 o'clock in the morning, those folks aren't thinking, you know, I, I need to sleep in. They're like, i got to get after it. Now, America leads the world in a lot of things, but one of the things it doesn't lead the world in is the amount of paid vacation days for employees. So, for example, there's a number of countries where it's mandated that you must have a minimum of paid days off. So, for example, in the U.K., if you're there 10 years, you have to have at least 28 days paid vacation. France would be 25, Greece would be 25, Germany 20, Japan 20, Mexico 16, China 10. Now, America, the number is actually zero. 
in regards to what's mandated. Now, the truth is, the American worker who's been there 10 years at a business or company averages 13.7 days, almost 14 days a year. So the free market is still affecting itself. And when you hear England, France, Greece, right off the bat, that doesn't necessarily just speak to productivity. The Greeks, they love their time off, but their economy's not doing so good. So, Brian, they rest, but are they running? And I I don't think they are. And I've been to Greece many times. I have many Greek clients. We have Greek listeners. And there are hard workers in Greece, but as a culture, they're more interested in rest than they are running. I'm really interested in high performance. The Germans are high performing. The Japanese are high performing. The Chinese are high performing. And they are both taking time off and getting a lot done. And so we need to do that. And I want to bring that into today's discussion, and I want to show you a clever way to do this and to go about it that will optimize your performance, allow you to achieve more, do more, be better, and while you're doing it, one of the recipes for it is to rest more. So let's talk about it. Why don't we rest? At my own company, at Buffeening Company, I am constantly chasing after the hundreds of staff at Buffeening Company to take their PTO, paid time off, And it's amazing that, you know, you think about it, people have paid time off and they don't take it. So there was a a study done here recently, and it said, why don't people take time off? So here was the first reason. 40% said they return to a mountain of work, all right? 35% said no one else can do the job. 33%, I cannot financially afford a vacation. Another 33% said taking time off is harder as you grow in the company. So the more successful you become, the more promotions you get, the harder that is. 28% want to show complete dedication. And 22% said they don't want to be seen as replaceable. Now you think about that. Those are some big, big deals right there where people are carrying a lot of stress, carrying a lot of burden, and they're afraid to take time off because it's perceived as a sign of weakness, as someone else will do my job, I'm replaceable. I shouldn't do this. Now, why should we take time off? Well, studies show it boosts your brain power. It prompts a full recharge in the body. And it helps you solve problems creatively more quickly. And I'm going to get into some data and stats here today. There's a lot of benefits for it. Another recent study said that return to work after taking vacation time, 91% of business leaders believe their employees return recharged and ready for work more effectively. So 91% of the business leaders think you're better off when you come back rested. You're afraid to go, and they're like, they're better when they do go. So think about that. 91% of the bosses think you're better off as an employee, and you're better at work when you take time. 77% of HR professionals believe that employees who use most or all of their paid time off are more productive than those who take less vacation time. Two out of three workers see an improvement in concentration and productivity when they take a vacation. 61% feel greater satisfaction at work. So if you're just all about the work, if you just want to be all about the business, take time off. The third part of this restaurant I want to talk to you about is that there's waves. When you go to a seminar or buy motivational tapes or books and recordings, it talks about being in a peak state. And when you think of a peak state, you think of a 100%. Think of a line across the top of a page. That's 100%. And we're always trying to get to that peak state. And when you're not at that peak state, what do you need? More motivation. You need to get more fired up. You need to work harder on yourself. You need to put your big boy and big girl pants on. You need more willpower. 
So what happens is human beings aren't built to be in a straight line. You know, when you're in a straight line on an EKG machine, it means you're dead. You're going to the pine box. You don't show the heart rate. The fact is, if you can picture with me a series of mounds that rise and fall, rise and fall, that's how the human being was designed. We have brain waves. We have energy waves. We have sleep patterns. We have to understand that this 100% is a myth. And when you have these waves underneath this top line, what do we often do to fill those troughs, if you will? We fill it with caffeine. We fill it with sugar. We fill it with drugs. We fill it with a lot of things that, by the way, when those things wear off, create a really deep trough. And now we've got a problem. The fact is, most of us are working against our natural design. We're naturally designed to have peaks and valleys. We're naturally designed to have rest and recovery. You know, even when you go to sleep, you don't just sleep in a straight line. There's deeper levels of sleep. We all know this. But when it comes to work, we think we're getting behind. What I'm really talking about here is ultradian rhythms, which are biological cycles that repeat or reoccur every 24 hours of the day. And, you know, without getting too heady into it, there's ultradian, circadian, and infradian rhythms. What does it mean? The body ultimately regulates energy, move, and cognitive function in rhythms. It does this with a medley of hormones, metabolic processes, and cardiovascular function. And so it peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. And our bodies operate according to rhythmic biological dictates. This is how we were created. This is how we were designed. Human beings were built for this. We're built to rise and fall, to go high and to go low, to have this wave. Now, we've been studying this for 20 years in coaching people, and we've been analyzing the energy of the people that we serve, the rhythm of business, and then the seasonality, especially in real estate and lending, of the customer. And what have we found? It's exactly like this ultradian rhythm, and we've combined it with other research we have. We actually call it the Dooley Curve. And the Dooley Curve is one of my research staff went to this college in Ireland, and so we named it after that, so we gave it a name. But the Dooley Curve, what we've identified is that we are actually helping our agents earn more while working less. Our average client earns eight times that of their competitors, yet works on average eight hours less a week. I want you to think about that. Our average client makes eight times that, so 800% of their peers, and yet on average works eight hours less a week. How in the world does that work? Because we are trying to help our clients optimize the Dooley curve, as we call it, but ultimately to maximize the ultradian rhythm that exists in their own body, in their own mind, with their own hormones, with their own energy. When we work against how we're designed, let me give you one consequence. It's called stress. Stress is the number one byproduct of working against your natural rhythm. Now, stress, according to Mr. Webster, is a condition in which the human system responds to changes in its normal balanced state. So what does that mean? We're out of balance. And you know when you're out of balance. So what happens is we get fritzed out. The top causes of stress in the United States, number one, job pressure, two, money, three, health, four, relationships, five, poor nutrition, six, media overload, and seven, sleep deprivation. But think about it. In America, the number one pressure, the number one stress by far is job pressure. And what are we doing? 
We're working in a way that's contrary to how we're wired. In fact, uh, that study continues to go on to say that job stress as a number one source of stress for a human being is 62% in the United States, only 17% in Britain, 40% in France. So the French care a little bit more than I knew. Sacre bleu, you know. But apparently the French care about their jobs. I did not know that. What I do know is that work-related stress is by far the biggest contributor to stress in the United States and Canada. To lesser degrees in other places, but ultimately, whether it's work, whether it's life, whether it's working out, this whole dynamic of working inside these ultradian waves and these ultradian rhythms, working the way you're designed, it's just the way to go. And so here's what I want to share with you. Work-related stress, a few little facts. My mother calls me a hive of useless information. So $300 billion is the estimated cost of work-related job stress in medical costs in the United States. One in four workers have taken a mental health day off from work just to cope. 26% of workers say they were often very burned out by their work. It's one out of four people saying burnt out. And then the number of people that, again, say that their job is their number one stressor, their career. And again, at the same time, people are ambitious. People are striving. People want to achieve. Now, here's the thing. And this podcast, we're dedicated to the mindsets, the motivation, and the methodologies of success. We want to help people become more successful. So I want to help you to achieve more. I want your bank account to be bigger. I want your debts to be smaller. I want the things you acquire to be more rewarding. I want the money you give back and the time you give back to charities and ministries to be more encompassing. I want you to have a bigger business. I want you to employ more people. I want you to succeed. And the way I want you to succeed is I want to expose you one way to this rest-run cycle. So let me tell you a story. There is a great example of the rest-run cycle in existence of how someone's achieved massive success in a very competitive environment where actually their life is on the line. They call it the last great race on earth, and it's the Iditarod race. And that's where you go from Settlers Bay to Nome, Alaska. Now, I first became aware of this when my oldest son, AJ, was about five years old. This is almost 20 years ago. And there was a cartoon show called Balto. And Balto was like this, he was a mutt of a dog. I related to him. All Irish people can relate to that. And he was a mutt of a dog in Alaska. And in Nome, Alaska, historical fact, a sickness broke out throughout the town. And all of the children grew deathly ill. And they needed an antitoxin to defeat this sickness that had settled upon the town. And so it was 1,049 miles away in Settlers Bay. And so Balto led a team of Huskies and his uh, musher, and off they went, and they went all the way to Settlers Bay, picked up the antitoxin, came back, gave all the kids the medicine, and saved the town. Well, you save somebody's child, let me tell you, they remember you forever. And so... This is the biggest deal. It's still commemorated to this day. And so in 1973, they formalized their dedication to that great act by starting what was called the Iditarod Race. And Iditarod covers the same 1,049 miles, and it is over the roughest Alaskan terrain. Jagged mountain ranges, frozen rivers, dense forests, desolate tundra, freezing temperatures. And so they, they start out from Anchorage in south-central Alaska to Nome on the western Bering Sea coast. And if you've ever watched any of the shows where they're in the Bering Sea, you know how inhospitable a part of the world that is. 
the deadliest catches and shows like that that I enjoy. So the temperatures are far below zero. Winds that can cause a complete loss of visibility. Long hours of darkness, treacherous climbs, brutal stuff. And these mushers, these are the people in charge of their dog teams and their sleds. And they come from all walks of life. They're fishermen and and handymen for sure. But there's also lawyers and doctors and miners. And it doesn't matter. One of the best champions has been a woman. So it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, where you come from. So in 1973, this thing starts out as this great competition. And it took 20 days for the winning team to go the 1,049 miles. And, of course, uh, Americans are not great at sports because Americans don't play sports. The whole phrase, play sports, it just doesn't apply to Americans. Americans compete at sports. And it's such a competitive... And I'm part of it. I love it. Every one of my six kids is into sports in the biggest way and playing college sports. I love it. But Americans don't play sports. They compete. So even if it's a dog race commemorating this great act, what do they do? The next thing you know, they start training the dogs. They build treadmills for the dogs to run on. They trained and bred the dogs to run 24 hours a day. They bred the dogs to have longer legs and shorter girth. And you name it, they tried it. And so after a few years, they kept shaving time off the Iditarod run. And they were training these dogs. And they developed this one breed of a husky so that it could run until it died. Now, I know that's not the nicest thing to think about. But they could actually have a dog that was trained in such a way that it would run until it died. And actually, most of them are predisposed to this now. So, sure enough, the time went from 20 days down to 16 days. And so think about this. By going harder, by going faster, by going further, by working later, by staying up at the office, coming in early, staying late, pushing hard, pushing hard, they did achieve more. Just like anybody who burns it at both ends will, for a season, achieve more. And that's what happened. So they were winning the Iditarod race in 16 days instead of 20. But along comes Martin Buser. Martin Buser is from Switzerland. And what do they make in Switzerland? Watches. And so he approached this from a far more engineering standpoint than he did sheer force of effort. The dogs that were going from 20 days to winning it in 16 days, their mortality rate was 50% within a year after the race. So yeah, they were working harder, they were going further, they were going faster than the predecessors, but they were dying younger. Just like if you go harder... Stay up late working, come in early working, don't take time off, don't take vacations, don't take care of yourself. You will achieve more. There is no question you'll achieve more. You'll go from 20 to 16. But what will your mortality rate be? Martin Buser decided his dogs were going to rest more than they ran. So in a 24-hour period of time, they were going to have 13 hours of rest and 11 hours of running. If it was a four-hour block, they were going to run for an hour and a half and rest for two and a half. And what did Martin do? Martin won the Iditarod race in eight days. He cut the time in half of the previous winners. Now think about this. Oh, by the way, at the end of the race, his dogs were still fresh. His dogs were still alive, which is why he went on to win it again and again and again. Martin Buser won the Iditarod race four years. Here's what happens. When Martin understood the concept of resting and running, he went faster, he went further, and his dogs were happier, healthier, and able to go do it again. I'm not interested in you just learning the mindsets and methodologies of success. I want you to learn the mindsets, methodologies of lasting success, of success at work, at home, in your marriage, with your kids, with your finances, with your health. 
So that's really what I'm after. What we want you to do is ultimately think about this in terms of your life and your business. You want to repair, rest, so you can refuel. So let me give you some practical things now so that you can say, okay, this works great for a dog sled team. How is this going to work for me? So the concept I want to give you right now is I want you to become a corporate athlete. You know, I have some friends that are world champions in uh, triathlon, marathon runners, so many friends I have that are these tremendous athletes. And, you know, I get out there and I do my 10Ks and whatever else, and I'm a plotter. I'm, I'm more like a Clydesdale, and they're more like a Whippet. I get it done, but it ain't pretty. So when I think of myself nowadays as a corporate athlete, my athletic days, you know, I, I can remember myself as an athlete, but I don't feel like an athlete anymore. Now what I have to understand is I have to become a corporate athlete. You know, in athletics today, you're going to hear a term over and over. It's a very cool term called metabolic conditioning, and you'll hear this over and over and over again. But the fact of the matter is metabolic conditioning has been around for a long time. Charles Atlas used to call it something different, but it was the same principle. And it simply refers to structured patterns of work and rest period so you get an increased desired response from the body. And it's usually about maximizing efficiency. And isn't that what we want? Isn't that why you're listening to this? You're looking for some tips and ideas on how to improve your performance, on how to do better, and how to be more productive. And so how to be more efficient. And that's really what this is all about. And so I'm going to give you a couple of tips here so that you can put your own metabolic conditioning into your business and life. So here's where I'm going to start for your work life. First tip I'm going to give you. Schedule your vacations first. So uh, about a week from now, my bride and I will go away for our once-a-quarter meeting. And we now do it about every 12 weeks. And we sit down and we plan things out. And we talk about what's working well and we talk about what needs improvement And then what we'll do is we will sit down and we will pick on the calendar our next vacation. Now, let me share with you what happens when we do that. Is the first thing is it changes our state. Even just talking to one another, we'll find ourselves being a little more relaxed. We will picture where we're going. By the way, when you plan and dedicate your schedule and you go, I'm putting that vacation out there, it means our relationship and our family's relationship is the number one priority in our schedule. And so that's the first thing getting put in the schedule. By the way, from the time we book the trip till the time we go on the trip, there is this benefit of having something to look forward to that in and of itself creates a recovery, a rest, a renewal, because you know it's coming. Oh, by the way, when you know you've got a vacation coming, you're more likely to go work hard till you get there. And so the first thing we do is schedule our vacation. So I'm going to encourage you, Shortly after listening to this podcast, get together with your significant others and sit down and plan a vacation and do it soon. The next tip I'm going to give you is to schedule your days off. Schedule your days off. Now, I'm not saying have a day off. I'm saying schedule your day off. Prioritize your days off. Put down in writing what you're going to do on your days off. If you're going to watch football on New Year's Day for eight hours, write that down. Okay, I'm going to binge watch House of Cards for six hours. Put it down. Knock yourself out. See if the underwords are any better than they were the last time you watched. Okay, but whatever it is, schedule your day off and write yourself into the script. Now, when you start to do this, it starts to actually change the brain waves and neuropathways in the brain starts to fire. It also communicates to yourself your own value and worth as well as it does to your loved ones. You're putting yourself 
in the schedule first. Financially, I would always give people the advice to pay themselves first. You want to get ahead in life? Pay yourself first. Make your savings automatic. People will make their mortgage payment automatic, but they won't make their savings automatic. I say make your savings automatic. I'd rather you missed your house payment than you missed your savings payment. Now, the good news is when people do that, they never miss a house payment. But it makes it a priority. Why is it we have such a hard time making ourselves a priority? It's our life. It's our life. You know, I had a situation here happen a couple of weeks ago where a client of mine for 17 years, who I had just seen a week before, and I got the phone call you never want to get. And she went in the hospital for a routine procedure. It didn't go well. And an hour later, she was gone. You know, we don't get another chance at this. It's our life. And you think about all these people, 62% of Americans, the number one stressor in their life is their job. Now, here's the thing. I'm all about my business, and I love the fact that I have dedicated employees. But I hope to God there's not a person working for me that thinks their job is the most important thing in their life. It's just not. And so we have to put our life into our life. And that's what the restaurant cycle is. Now, here's the good news. I'm giving you permission. I'm giving you an out to say, if you will actually take care of yourself, if you will actually take breaks, if you will actually do things like this for yourself, make yourself a priority, that your performance will increase. You'll actually be a better employee. You'll be a better business owner. You'll be a better boss. You'll make more money. You'll do it in less time. That's the payoff. You can have it all. Honest to God, you can. But you have to be extremely disciplined about it. And the third piece I'd give you here is to schedule each and every day. So what do I mean by that? You need to have a restaurant cycle in every month, in every week, and in every day. My assistant Aaron will come and get me 90 minutes into any meeting for me to get out of there and to go and sit down. I have a couch in my office and I lay down and I take 10 minutes. Some people go and do a little headspace and meditate for 10 minutes, maybe pray, maybe go for a walk, whatever. Take a break inside each period of the day. If you don't have an errand, maybe you go get yourself one of those Apple watches. And when it vibrates, boom, get up and move around, walk around, go do that. The fact is, you want to put the restaurant cycle into each day, you want to put it into each week, and you want to put it into your year. Taking care of yourself is taking care of business. Taking care of your energy is how your body is designed and how it works. It's how your mind works. It works in a wave. It does not work in a straight line. If you try to make it work in a straight line, you're going to use those false and artificial uppers to get you there. And every upper comes with it a major downer. If you want to have success over the long haul, you've got to take care of yourself and take care of your business that way. A couple of resources I highly recommend to you. One would be the book, The Powerful Engagement by Tony Schwartz and Jim Lair. Huge bestseller, great work, great book, absolutely from the sports world, from the business world, from every world, a great book. I also recommend to you uh, Brian Moran's 12-week year. Now, you had a chance to hear Brian in one of our podcasts here recently. He's absolutely fantastic. And um, I've been applying the 12-week year to my life, to my goal-setting, to our family's goal setting, it's, it's making a huge difference. I can tell you that this restaurant cycle is having a big impact on my physical body, on my mental well-being. We've instituted the restaurant cycle now into three training programs for our clients that we call the Blitz programs. And so what we have is a 75-day launch the year program for our clients. 
that then has a nice long break, followed by a 45-day program, followed by a 60-day program. Now, if you do the math on that, you'll see it's 180 days. And here's what we've proven at Buffini Company and coaching our clients, that our clients will generate 85% of their business in 180 days of the year. We've actually made the restaurant cycle come to life in our training programs. And the people who are embracing this, their business is taken off. Their life is taken off. They are having guilt-free days off, guilt-free vacations, and better sleep at night. The bottom line is we got to take care of business by taking care of ourselves. When we started off preparing for today's broadcast, the first sheet I saw today said the run-rest cycle, and I had a good belly laugh. You know why? Because I've lived the run-rest cycle most of my adult life. It's only in recent times that I'm embracing this concept. And as I'm talking to you today, as a coach and an encourager, I can tell you it's changing my life. It's changing my family's life. It's changing my company and how it does business. And it's changing our client's life. So I hope today this restaurant cycle will change your life. That's my goal. That's my hope. And now we do these podcasts. We do them to encourage you. We do them to help I hope you enjoyed today's show. I hope you listened to it several times. I hope you head over and leave a review on iTunes. Uh, We're also on Android, so download your favorite podcast app from Google Play and tune in for free. I do love hearing your feedback and uh, reading your reviews. As I've said before, our goal with this show is to positively influence as many folks as we can. Maybe you know someone who's burned out. Maybe you know someone who's fried. Maybe you know someone who's on the path to burning the candle at both ends. Why don't you share this podcast with them? And maybe it'll be a a lifeline. I always say, people don't really change because they see the light. People change because they feel the heat. So maybe you know someone who's feeling the heat. Share this podcast with them. We'd love to help them. We'd love to serve them. So as I finish here today, I'm going to leave you with a little Irish blessing that my grandfather always said. And let me tell you, those Irishmen, they know how to take a break. The rest run cycle comes more naturally there, let me tell you. So let me leave you with this. May the roads rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sunshine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand while you're taking a rest. We'll see you next time.